Jeff Tweedy book where he was talking about songwriting and he was talking about David Bowie and how David Bowie's piece of advice to songwriters was to never throw any idea out because something that you think is ridiculous 10 years later might be the hook of something else. And this, to me, is an example of that, where an idea that literally was a late-night party 15 years later became a completely different song. It's interesting because there's things that I think are very clear, solid ideas that are better than this, that everybody else is not is going to think this is better. So it just shows me... My job is just to to get it out there and then... When the band gets it, they can elevate it or move it to, to a different place or put it on the back burner because if, they, if they're not going to get into it, it's not worth pursuing. But maybe it will be 10 years from now. Welcome back to Talking Circles, a podcast about Umphreys McGee's 2022 album, Asking for a Friend. In this episode, we're going to focus on the second track from the album, Small Strides, a song born out of a college joke. It reemerged in the summer of 2020 as Brendan Bayliss was seeking inspiration from literally anywhere to write and continue his craft. My name is Brendan Bayliss. I sing and play guitar for Umphreys McGee. I am the diva. The song Small Strides, the original idea came from a long, long time ago. So in South Bend, we used to, for fun, sit around campfires and play guitars and get drunk and sing Every Rose Has Its Thorn to whoever would listen. Later into the evening, we would get into rap battles. It's just fun. There's not much to do in South Bend in college, so that's what we would do. Small Strides came about the initial baseline I got a micro Korg keyboard it had a, a preset with a, a bass tone on it and one night I was just laid a drum pattern and then the original demo I believe is an E flat because it's all black notes so it's a lot easier to play so initially the bass line is just doom, 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 doom. and that was just something I put down to loop so my friends and I could have a rap battle. <laughs> the song basically was this, this instrumental bass line that just looped and looped. And my friend Jughead, who was a master lyricist at three in the morning, basically, you know, starts singing along to the bass line and he's, and we're just, we're basically having a rap battle talking trash to each other, trying to embarrass each other. And he says into the, he sings. And when I'm through with you, I'm gonna turn your fucking brown eye blue. 
Don't say it hurts. When I was looking for ideas for new songs, somehow this thing keeps popping in my head every time I look at it. But I realize that I have children. I don't want them to listen to, you know, foul, dirty things, right? Like I did when I was in grade school. So I realized that I really like the hook. I'm just going to try and lay it down just because it's it's been in my head for 12, 15 years now. And I want to just see if I can get it out of my head. So I turn the line to every time I look at you, all I want to do is turn your baby brown out blue. I took the bad word out and then basically I knew I had, I had one line. So then I had to build the whole song around that. Sometimes songs come from combined experiences that resonate in a unified way. Other times they emerge in a singular idea and need to be expanded upon. With small strides, Brendan had two things essential to a song, the groove and a chorus. From here, he went about drafting ideas that would build a song around him. I started improvising to the bass line and I had so I knew it was going to out, so round so I had the end was around and at that time I was really tired of maybe just over COVID we're all wired to burst and time is lying all all that to me just seems very obvious it's but that's most of that is stream of consciousness just kind of throwing stuff to see what sticks so it, it kind of started as a joke and then when I laid it down with, as a, with a real bass and moved it, changed the key to something that was easier to sing in, I kind of just made the loop, sent it to the guys, and everybody really liked it. Sometimes ideas click fast, and it, this one is not hard to wrap your head around. I'm so tired of the runaround, everybody's all wired to burst. Time lies and it's never accountable. It all seems too rehearsed. All sides would come around if, if you, you wanted want small strides at first. If you want it, takes all kinds to get it right. Think you got it? I might be the worst. This song came together pretty much a week or two before we did the session to record it. Small Strides came together quickly in August 2020, just a few weeks before Umphreys McGee reconvened at guitarist Jake Sinninger's Lakefront Studio in Niles, Michigan in September. With a plan to webcast live shows in the round at night while recording their new material during the day, Bayless worked to craft new material for the sessions. Beyond just new material, Bayless was focused on crafting songs that would offer something new, dynamic, and challenging for the band. To me, a lot of what I, I feel like we're all looking for with new Humphreys tunes that are brought to the table these days is like, is there something that is going to really catch people's ears and say, oh, that's not how I expected Humphreys McGee to sound. It's Joel Cummins from Humphreys McGee. I play the keys and I sing. And so I, I'd say that's absolutely true for uh, for small strides. I think there, there isn't really an equivalent for that in the uh, the catalog that we have. You know, we of course do have some some more electronic tunes, but this is definitely 
the most keyboard parts that I've ever put down on any song. Basically, you know, we did three streams in Nashville, three streams in Chicago, three streams at Jake's studio in Niles. And that was the only time we really had to record this. I think I was trying to come up with something that was more danceable, more fun, because I had some slow acoustic stuff. Just think of something that, you know, everybody could kind of move to. From a joke in college to a scramble for material in the lead-up to the band's recording session, an idea was born for a new kind of sound for Umphreys McGee and for an emphasis on keyboardist Joel Cummins' long-lasting impact on the band. And Small Strides is an interesting one for that, particularly for me, because there's keyboard stuff happening all over the place and all these little like blips and bleeps and things like that. Small Strides is probably the tune that I added the most to from where it was, you know, kind of in its original beginnings. Again, this is another one that Brendan had a uh, demo of, so we ended up kind of expanding upon it. And we we talked about this, like, this has a lot of great, great kind of roots for parts here, but it, you know, it, it needs more. Some more things have to happen. I, I just think a really fun kind of interplay between all of the melodic instruments on small strides just subtly changing parts here and there and you know bringing certain things out and other things back what i thought was a joke is i think joel's favorite song on the the album the first time i heard the playback and he had that section where he's doing and i i looked at joel and i said finally joel doing it <laughs> which we always we always bust Joel's balls at that point uh, he br- he put a breath into it that made it big vibrant almost uh not Umphreys because there, it, it became like a, a trance dance party which was kind of the goal um but I couldn't I can't do that it's silly to think of a joke becoming serious What originated as a joke amongst college friends hanging around late at night became a sort of trance for Bayless, and then became a showcase for his bandmate. But it didn't stop there. Realizing they had something really special with this song, the band set about building upon it over the next year, returning to it frequently to add more elements as the song built into a wall of sound. When I first heard Small Strides, This is kind of like, okay, here's the template and what can we do to really get creative with this and and make some some different sections happen. And I mean, I think Jake recorded the last guitar solo for this probably as late as like October of last year. You know, we were still adding stuff. Um, I probably had three or four different sessions where I, I put down different keyboard parts. So, you know, we kind of added things a little bit and then said, okay, Let's take this away. Let's add something else. We need, you know, something that is a little bit of a a different tone. And then, you know, we had one session where I was just trying to find the weirdest stuff possible to, like, put in the mix to kind of, like, you know, again, put it under the texture, just have it come in and out one time, and that's the only time you hear it. So there's a lot of of cool keyboard ear candy with this. Yeah, I used the uh, Sequential Prophet quite a bit. A lot of sounds uh, that, that were 
from that, and then uh, the Moog One and the Mini Moog Voyager. Yeah, a lot of a lot of different stuff coming from uh, from all over the place for the for those parts. Where was I doing this stuff? Well, most of the time it was actually at Greg Major's uh, studio in Nashville, Tennessee. And I would go in whenever we would fly in or out of Tennessee for shows. You know, basically just kind of kill two birds with one stone. I would try to show up a little early and we would do like a, a five or six hour session after I landed at the airport at seven o'clock at night and just, uh, you know, go for it before hopping on the bus to go play a show the next day. So it was, it was a lot of fun kind of knowing that I had these opportunities to come back and, and keep laying stuff down. You know, and I think for this one, this was a kind of take a little break and come back. And a lot of times it just takes listening to the song over and over and over again until you hear this is, this is what needs to happen. You know, and it's kind of, you kind of create over that listening experience in your mind or you have an idea of what might work. I mean, I, I remember one morning I was uh, outside here, my house in Santa Monica, doing yoga. And I think I was probably listening to the album while I was doing yoga. And all of a sudden this, this part came to me that I was like, oh my God, I gotta like send this to Greg and uh, see what he thinks. And so I'd recorded it uh, just on the piano here and sent him like, you know, just like a little voice memo. And he took, one of the tones that I used and was able to like play it back and send it back to me like 30 minutes later, which was kind of cool. So and it, it was obviously, it was like a pretty simple idea. It wasn't anything that was super complicated, but it was adding this like, um, this major third in a uh, section that had Jake playing a really high minor third. So the major third is happening first and then the minor third comes after a tune that's like this where it really is it feels like it's a, a kind of dancey thing doesn't have these like ugly juxtapositions of minor and major thirds that kind of are a little bit more unsettling you know but, but that's you know also a very Umphreys thing to do the first time we actually recorded as a band for this tune was uh, September of 2020 when we got together for the uh, uh, the in the round webcasts. So we kind of did a duel. We did webcasts at night and we did uh, recording in the day just to kind of maximize our time. So we played it for the first time there. Um, and so September of 2020. And then, like I said, probably I think Jake laid the last thing down. And I want to say it was like October of 2021. It was a little over a year from the beginning of the recording to the last stuff that was added. always love that idea of of the, the constant craft because through again through quantity you get to quality the idea of constantly tinkering makes sense to me because if i get to a point where i have an idea i'm not really ready to share it if i keep playing with it at some point maybe i'm gonna i'm getting too far away 
And then there's times where here's an idea. I hear it in my head. I can't execute it musically, but my guys can. So I don't even need to finish this. I just need to convince them that this is worth pursuing because once they get their hands on it, it's going to go to the next level. So there's some times where you don't have to finish the song because they're going to do it better than you could. As we discussed in the last episode, the songwriting process for Umphreys McGee usually begins in isolation with a singular idea before being fully realized when the entire band comes together to collaborate, adding their own ideas, and building the song into something more than it could have ever been through a singular voice. There are definitely times when I'm tracking an idea and I'll say to myself, it doesn't matter, don't, you don't need to get this perfect. Jake's going to do this and it's going to sound fantastic. Or Chris is going to get his hands on this part and he'll know what to do. I, I have so much trust in them musically that it's almost better to have a, not a blank slate, but just, okay, here's the color or here's the vibe. You do you and it's going to be better than me hitting spacebar on a Mac and copy and pasting something. I think having that, the, the gift of that time was really valuable because Brennan could add some stuff vocally, Jake could add some stuff, I could add some key stuff, and we were definitely playing off of each other, hearing updated versions and being like, oh, okay, this is happening here now, maybe I could try this in this other spot and that'll work. And like I was saying, leading up to that final guitar thing that uh, that, that Jake does, which is like this, this super badass incendiary thing right in the middle of the song, um, I think it goes back into a verse maybe or something. I, I love when that happens and it's like, okay guys, updated mix on this tune, check it out. You never know what you're going to hear. I, I don't know what happened since the last time. You know, did they just like delete something or was somebody recorded something? Yeah, and I remember hearing that guitar part and I'm like, oh yeah. Jake went back in and did a, uh, a bunch of parts like that, um, just kind of adding little things that, you know, toward the end of the recording that I think really put a lot of these songs over the top. The song offered new avenues for the band to experiment with and provided a way for Joel Cummins to showcase his own abilities in new ways. And lyrically, the song dove into areas of growth and development Bayless was working through, still confined to the limitations that 2020 presented. I think Small Strides is just about trying to make progress baby steps of trying to get back online and get back on the road and get back to being who we are and what we do. And The struggle I, I think I run into is I think of songwriting more as it's, it's, it's like a muscle and if you don't exercise it, it gets harder to activate. So if I take six months off and I sit down and I try and write something, my first reaction is this is garbage. And then if I'm home for a while and I have time to run through things and I, I get into a rhythm of this is the fifth day in a row I've actually sat down for two hours, every single time that it gets easier. And every time I get to day five or six or if we have two weeks, I start to get a rhythm and then I start to get more and more ideas. And then the doubt is always there, but there's less doubt because there's so much more to pull from. So if I only have one thing to show somebody they better like it. But if I have 10 things, maybe my odds are gonna increase. And in reading that, that Jeff Tweedy, that book, where he talks about his process every single day, that, that makes sense with me because I feel the same way, where if you practice it, it, it becomes easier to kind of get moving. And if, if you're not 
attending to it, you can't expect to just, okay, I have 15 minutes. Here's some awesome ideas. You know that I'll be alright. Everything's so well timed. You really shouldn't be so surprised. If it's real, then why do any other rules apply? You really couldn't see a smaller stride. From a spur of inspiration in the weeks leading up to their recording session to a meticulously crafted piece of music that saw band members adding ideas over the course of a year, Small Strides grew into something much bigger than the initial joke it was conceived as. Well, I knew the song was going to work the first time we tried to track it. I almost got ahead of myself because initially, right out of the gates, it was, it was there. But then we started the tinkering process. And then we got to the point where we had this giant middle section where Greg was suggesting that we improv. And I, I do remember in that moment thinking to myself, don't take us into the forest. This, is, this could be a three-minute song and we're done. And now we're going to spend, I don't know how many hours trying to do takes. And there were a couple takes where we would almost be there, but we're improvising and then we wouldn't. I do specifically remember thinking, yes, we got this. And then 15 minutes later thinking, we're not going to get this. And then two hours later, okay, we got it. Sometimes tinkering fixes the problem, and sometimes tinkering creates problems that don't exist. But in the moment, you never know, you know? There's definitely times where you think you have it, and then you listen back to the playback the next day, and you realize, okay, we have to do it again. And then there's times where we get really lucky, and something is on a first or second take. For small strides, I, I, you know, my memory of recording it was we're going to just do the skeleton together. Just let's get the framework together, and then we can go back and layer and layer and layer and layer. We typically go in and try and approach recording a song or an idea as let's get the, the drums, and that's the skeleton, and then we can put the flesh and the clothes all over it. We, we need to get the backbone and the foundation first. The thing about having a drummer like Chris Myers is he pretty much gets it the first or second time. And then we tinker for five or six more, and then we use take two. I definitely hear this one as having live potential. Anytime you can break a song down to, okay, everybody stop, except the, the bass and the drums. And if you can do that and it's, it, everybody's moving you're more than halfway there so this song to me out of the gates was this is one that it's got the tempo it's got the vibe we can break it down to nothing and it's still there we can take it off and go exploring and I know that no matter what we can always come back to every time I look at you all I'm, the, just the simplicity of having the repetitiveness of it it's easy to play with because it's so easy to fall back into.
With over a year's worth of work put into shaping the song into how it appears on record, the next challenge for Umphreys is to figure out how to play it live. Whereas the band feels somewhat protective of I Don't Know What I Want's emotional impact, Small Strides feels both like a song they need to figure out how to best represent in a live setting, and a song that has significant improvisational potential once they play it. I think Small Strides is going to be a, a really fun live piece for us, and I think people are going to dig it. It's going to be a really fun dance party vibe. Yeah, and I, I think it's got some room to also evolve with a little improvisation too, and and maybe even have uh, you know kind of an organic peak that happens there at some point before coming back to the final vocals. Well, it's going to be interesting pl to play it live because I feel like when we get to the open part, it's a keyboard feature. I'm kind of curious if he's going to try and replicate it, if he's going to be able to replicate it. <laughs> Because some of, some of those sounds, you know, are are new. The there's a keyboard tone in there that I've told him several times that I think is. I said, don't take this the wrong way, but this is like the coolest thing you've done, which is a compliment because it means you're still improving and getting better. I think fortunately, just because of the general style of our music, there are typically a few different places in most songs where we could try improv from. I think that's kind of part of the, also the fun of it is finding pieces of music where you can do improv in different spots and, you know, kind of keeps people on their toes that way too. But yeah, Small Strides, I feel like, definitely has the ability to, you know, to go out for a while and take it for a little ride. The keyboards are, they sound to me like something we've never had before. So I'm, I'm excited to see how, how, it, how it plays out live and if Joel takes this in an improv direction or if these things are going to be fixed parts that he's going to use every single time. If we're going to have to play it to a click track or if it's going to be, let's see, let's see what this keyboard sounds like today. So I, I guess I'm as excited as anybody because I don't really know how it's going to, it's going to be different every time. If we had to play it right now, I don't know if we could. If we had to do it today. It's going to take some work, but at the same time, it might be something that we shouldn't put too much work in because we should just let it let it be whatever the night wants it to be. Whatever it becomes in the live setting, it's clear that Small Strides is something of a minor miracle for Humphreys McGee. A reminder that even most fleeting moments of inspiration can lead to a full band connection and an idea worth pursuing and tinkering with for months on end. On the next episode of Talking Circles, we'll dive into the next single from Asking for a Friend, So Much. Talking Circles is a production of Osiris Media and Humphreys McGee. Audio production by Matt Dwyer. Written and produced by Brian Brinkman, RJB, and Kevin Browning. All interviews and audio used with permission from Humphreys McGee. Osiris. Yes.